All right, 20 plus winner, are you alive tonight? So the answer is no. I said, you alive tonight? So good. Well, I'm pumped I get to preach tonight. Uh, I believe that God has a word um, that he's been speaking to me for a while. And I don't know if you saw the promotion, um, but it said featuring Logan Ketterling. And I was like, I'm the pastor here. Like, does that mean I'm on my way out? Or like, am I a guest? I don't know. I just saw that, but uh, I think it would uh, be a mistake of me if I didn't honor somebody today. I don't even know if he's here, but um, Pastor Kirk Graham, he um, actually founded 20 Plus, and we're actually in the Apple Valley campus right now. And Pastor Kirk, if, you're, if you didn't know, he's actually the campus pastor of this campus right here. So he may be watching, he may see this later, but can we just give it up and honor Pastor Kirk? We love you. Thank you for starting this ministry and for leading Minneapolis campus, now leading this campus here. Uh, we love you so much and we're grateful for you and we wouldn't be here without you. And obviously we wouldn't be here without my parents. How many of you guys love my parents, Pastor Rob and Becca? They're so good. They founded this church, it'll be 25 years this year, which is just crazy to think about. Um, that's older than many of you guys. And um, I, we're gonna celebrate at the convention center in August. And so if you're wondering what to look forward to, yeah, we have other 20 plus stuff coming up, but in August, we're gonna get in the convention center. There's gonna be all the campuses. It's gonna be so great. And so you don't wanna miss that. Um, speaking of missing things, uh, last week I, was, I missed work. And uh, the reason I missed work is because I went into emergency wisdom tooth surgery. How many of you got your wisdom teeth out? Yeah, a lot of us. Um, I don't know that I was prepared for it, but it, the surgery went okay. But I was actually, so I was in Guatemala the week before, so two weeks ago. And Thursday, I was like having some tooth pain. And I was like, I don't know, maybe it's just I'm in a different country. Like, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> in a different country, you know, like tooth pain, that just makes all the sense in the world. But I was feeling a little bit of tooth pain. I'm like, it's just probably, you know, I don't know, maybe bitten to something or something. So I'm on my way home and I'm flying home and I'm just miserable. I'm like, if you've ever been sick on a flight right now, don't do it because you'll get coronavirus and that would be really bad. And sorry guys, I'm, we're, we, no, we went to Home Depot today and all of the masks were gone. Like the, the filter mask, seriously. And it said limit 10 per person and they were all gone. And so it's crazy, uh, but we're praying for that. But anyways, before I get kicked off the stage, um, I'm having tooth pain on a flight. It's miserable. And so I come home and I'm like, I don't know, there's got to be something wrong. And so I'm texting with my dentist, you know, as you do. <laughs> I don't know if you text your dentist, but I do. I was texting her and I was like, I'm in a lot of tooth pain. I don't know what it is. It's in the back molars. I don't know. And she's like, it's probably your wisdom teeth there's a chance it could be infected. And then I Googled my symptoms, which guys, if ever you're sick, just don't Google your symptoms because all of a sudden you're gonna believe that you have things that you don't have. And I was Googling and I found out that I would most likely had an infection in my wisdom teeth. I was pretty accurate about that. There were other things that I was believing about myself that you know, we don't need to get into, but um, I was pretty sure I had an infection. It was getting worse and worse. I had all the symptoms. So we scheduled the time to get them out, but it was, it was Friday evening at that point. And so we couldn't get in until Monday. So I'm laying in bed and I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I'm, I'm not kidding you. It was probably the worst pain that I've ever experienced in the last, I don't know, several years. And I'm just like, tears are welling up into my eyes. It's, it's so bad. I need to go get some ibuprofen, but like I can barely walk just cause like the whole side of my face, my jaw and everything is hurting. And so I wake Mac up. I'm married. If you didn't know that, um, you're like somebody sleeping next to him. Um, 
I wake my wife up and I say, Mac, like I'm in so much pain. Could you help me get some ibuprofen? It's downstairs. It's dark. I'm delusional. And um, she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll help. So she gets out of bed, but she gets out of bed a little bit too quickly and she passes out. (laughs) And so my wife is on the ground and I'm in unbelievable tooth pain. And I'm like, is she punking me right now? Like, this is not the time. Like, this is a nine out of 10 pain. Like, someday when we have children and you give birth, that's gonna hurt worse, but this is the most important thing right now. And so she's passed out on the ground and I just freeze. And I'm like, okay, do I go downstairs and get ibuprofen while she's down? Or do I need to then take care of her? And so I waited and she kind of pops up and she's like, I passed out. And I'm like, yeah, you did. Can we figure this out now? Because I'm in a lot of pain. It's three in the morning. And so she's like, yeah, totally. She turns around and she faints again. And so I I was in the bathroom, like, because I was seeing if there's ibuprofen. And I come back out and she's face down on the bed. Like, I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do here? And then I contemplated again and she whips around. I fainted again. Yes. Yes, you did. So then I go down. I'm like, let's get you some water. So I'm going down. We're going down our stairs in our house and and I'm helping her get down so she can get a drink of water. And we're trying to find the light switch. And it was unbelievable. It's like the story that you just can't make up. And I promise you, I didn't make it up. And I get the ibuprofen and she gets her water. We go back to bed. I get my wisdom teeth out and then I was on Instagram and that was a bad decision. I'd had a live video if you saw it. Sorry about that. I'm lose my credentials for being a pastor for that. But it's difficult to help somebody when you're hurt or when you're passed out on the ground. <laughs> I think a lot of times we get in situations like that where we're trying to help, but it's difficult to help because we're hurt ourselves. And we may see a big issue or we may see a big problem in somebody. We may see something that needs to be fixed or something that needs to happen. And the reality is that we can't help because we're hurt ourselves. And we're actually the ones who need help. We're actually the ones who need to be saved. And we're saying, hey, there's people out there who are drowning, but we're drowning ourselves. And a lot of us have maybe an idea that, well, Maybe if I get something or if I get somebody or, you know, if I have, have a wife someday or maybe if I have a husband someday or if I get that job or if I get that salary increase or maybe if I got a platform where I could speak more, or my Instagram following grew, you know, maybe then I'd be good. Maybe my anxiety be gone. Maybe, maybe all that would be gone. And I have a message for you. I can't heal you. Someone else can't heal you. Instagram followers can't heal you. You can't be better from anything that this world has to offer. But there is an answer. And in Luke 17, what does Jesus say to the leper who comes back to him? The only one, he says, it's your faith that's healed you. Faith is what heals us. So I don't know what issue you have. We all have them. If it's wisdom teeth or if it's passing out or if it's passing something else, hopefully not. Um, Took you a while to get that. Nobody got it. Great. If ever I say something that doesn't make sense, just laugh because then I feel way better. Your neighbor feels better. And just know, like, I'm going to be talking for the next 90 to 120 minutes. And so, um, so during that long time, 
Some of you are wondering if I'm serious. It's 20 plus, we can be here till 2 a.m. But during the time that I'm, I'm speaking, if you want to talk back to me, if you want to say, not like talk back to me, like, but if you want to say something like, hey, that's great, or like, like loving that, or something else that sounds better, cooler than, than me, um, you can say it. Because after all, like, I don't like to talk to people that are just staring. Like, could you imagine 500 people right now just staring at you? That's exactly what's going on, you know? So, so if, you're, if you got something, just say it. And if you don't, just say it anyways. Um, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, I have some, some Bible verses that I'm going to read. Um, and it's a verse that, that I've been reading for the last few weeks. And if you read our soap sprint, we read through the New Testament. And uh, this is from the book of Hebrews. And we've actually been talking about he- Hebrews um, in our life group series. Uh, but this is from, from Hebrews 11. I'm going to read it from the paper Bible because that's more holy. Um, it's not actually, that's, it's just not, but maybe it is. I better read it. I better read it. It doesn't matter what, what I read it from. I just got to read it. All right, Logan, <clears throat> Hebrews eleven thirteen 13 through 16. It says this, it says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. Now that sounds bad. Um, all these people are some of the most important people in the old Testament. They're called the patriarchs, but Abraham, Noah, Moses, people that maybe names you'd recognize. So that's what he's talking about. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country that they left, they would have had the opportunity to return. But instead, they were longing for a better country a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. If you're taking notes, the title of my message is A Better Country. I believe that God has a better country for us. I believe that God has a better place for us. I believe that God has something better for your life that maybe leaving this place you're going to see tonight. And I'm believing that God is going to speak that to you. And as we read this chapter, as we're hearing about all these you know, people, as, as you read Hebrews 11, I'd encourage you later this week or, or later tonight to, to read the whole chapter of Hebrews 11. But it talks about Abraham, it talks about Moses, it talks about Noah, it talks about all these great people who did faith, uh, amazing acts of faith, it talks about Rahab, it talks about amazing people who did amazing things, took amazing faith. And the first thing that it says is it says that they were foreigners in a land, and I don't know if you've ever experienced being in a foreign country, not speaking the language. Uh, maybe you're walking around and you, you can't get anywhere. It feels pretty difficult if, if you're in a, like a country across the world and, and nobody speaks English and you know they probably speak English, but you're just like, do you really just not like me because I'm American? And you're like, do we have anyone who's not American in the room? Can you just go, woo? Yes, I love that. I love it. Um, I, I'm just making sure. I don't know. They're, they're probably more cool than us. They probably have better food than us. Like, let's be honest. American food, like, when you think of American food, do you th- like, what do you think of? McDonald's, you think of cheeseburgers. Like, come on, let's get some, like, Mediterranean falafel. Let's get some, like, Hispanic rice. Come on. Let's get some, um, I don't know, something else. Anything, anything else? All right, on three, just shout out your favorite food. Just on three. One, two, three. Let's get some of that. My wife's Italian, so she likes Italian food. It's so good. But when you're in a foreign country, you don't know the language, 
You're trying to understand what's happening. It can feel pretty intimidating. It can feel pretty scary. And so all the people that we're reading about, they know that they're foreigners in the land. And God talks about, you know, us being foreigners on earth. And maybe you've read that and it says we're going to be aliens. We're going to be unknown to, to the people on earth. We're going to be different is essentially what he's saying. Say different. different. I'm different. You're different. We're all different. God's made us different. You don't have to say that. It's all good. But someone was like, how long? You know, when they say repeat after me, it's like, how long do I repeat after you? I got I to gotta start preaching or something. But when you're in a foreign land, it's difficult. And I think a lot of times in our calling, in our life, we make excuses. We say, well, Pastor Logan, I know that there's a lot of things going on, but I'm pretty busy. You know, I'm 19. I just got a girlfriend for the first time. We go out seven nights a week. We text about 24 hours of the day. Well, maybe 23, because I guess I got to pay attention at work when people are ordering their Panera. Or I guess I got to pay attention in class when I have a quiz. But a lot of times we make excuses. And obviously we know this, hopefully you know this by reading the Bible. God doesn't really like excuses. He's like, um, actually I died for you. Um, actually I created you and everything around you and I gave you all the giftings and all the abilities and everything you can do is actually from me and you're out here complaining because they ran out of Chick-fil-A sauce. It's like, I don't know if you've been there before, but it can feel like, God, I just have to make the excuse because I'm, I'm, I'm tired or I'm, I'm hurting or I'm, in, I'm going through something. And God, it's just, I know that you want me to do great things. I know that you have a place prepared for me and you have plans for me. But if you just wait until, if you just wait until I got married or you wait until I get a better job or you wait until I figure all this stuff out with my family because you know that it's just this season, God. And this is that season where I just am gonna wait. I'm just gonna chill. I just need to rest. I just need to relax, God. And, and maybe other people are gonna do what you've called them to do. But for me, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna chill. Is that cool, God? God's like, yeah, I guess that's cool. So that's cool. But when you're ready to get up, I got plans for you. When you're ready to get up, I got places for you to go. I got places for you to be. I got people for you to meet. I got situations that I want you to pray for. I didn't give you your salvation and story and your testimony so that you could sit back and, and keep it quiet. I gave you your story of transformation and redemption so you could share it. So you could go out there and say, hey, I know I'm not perfect, but look at what God's done in my life. I know that I may not be the best example every time, but God is the best example and that's what I'm following after. God, I wanna be like you. So I don't want to sit on the sidelines for it. And, you know, we make a lot of excuses. And I think a lot of times it's because we're not willing to accept reality. You know, it's like, well, um, no, we're good. Like, I'm just going to chill because we're good. Like, it's all good. Everything's good. When really behind the scenes, things are like really bad. And it's like, have you, have you ever heard somebody say like, it's going to be easy. It's going to be so easy. Like, I think, I think like working out is probably the best. Like if ever you go to like, oh, like hot yoga, it's so good. Like it's only 117 degrees in there, but like, and then you're going to stretch like you've never stretched before. Like it's just, it's so easy. So easy. I remember we were in Israel and, um, there's a, a mountain called Masada and, um, we, there was a cable car to get up there. And I'm just going to give you a word of advice. If ever there's a cable car to get up somewhere, there's a reason for that because that means it's not a very easy thing to walk. But they said at the check-in areas, you're buying tickets for the cable car, they said, hey, it's optional to walk. If you wanna walk, you can walk, but 
It's a pretty, pretty, you know, hard walk. And someone was like, no, it's easy. And for me, I'm the type of person when somebody says it's easy, I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go. Like, it's easy. Let's go. Come on. Like, it's easy. Yeah, cool. Let's go. Let's fight. Come on. It's, no, I don't even fight. I haven't punched anybody in my life. I've been punched a couple times, but never, <laughs> never punched anyone in my life. But someone said it was easy. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be easy. Let's do this. So most of the people took the cable car, but there was a small group of us that are like, no, this is going to be great. We're going to just hike up the mountain, like one by one. It's going to be so good. I love it. Can't wait. So we get there and right as we get to the bottom of the mountain, we're like, guys, all right, here's the deal. Let's beat them up there. <laughs> so let's start running as fast as we can up a mountain and beat the cable car up there. And we all were like, this is the best idea ever. Like, let's do it. And there's probably like 10 of us. So we start running and literally the path from the like check-in area to the like hike up the mountain, we're already exhausted. We're like, we just sprinted and we haven't even gotten to the mountain yet. And all of a sudden we're already too exhausted. And it's like, whoo, somebody said it was going to be easy. And now we're at the base of the mountain and I don't even know if I can breathe. And then halfway up the mountain, we're like, <sighs> And like, seriously, I didn't, like we, several of us were wondering if we were going to make it. We're like, can we turn back? Like, we don't need to see the view from the top of the mountain. We're just going to turn back around. And luckily, without a heart attack or without some serious injury, we all made it up the mountain, but it was way after everybody else went. And my brother was headed to Israel the next year. And I said, hey, just so you know, if ever you get to a point where it's between cable car and going up the mountain, take the cable car. Just do it. Just trust me. But I feel like we get in situations where somebody says it's easy and it's not. And that's usually why we end up making excuses and stepping back. Because I don't know if somebody told you that being a Christ follower was going to be easy. Because I don't think that they really have read the same Bible that I've been reading. And maybe we have this weird interpretation of when I raise my hand or when I say yes to Jesus, and many of you are gonna have the opportunity to do that at the end of this service. But when I do that and I start living for Jesus and I get baptized um, and, I, and I start reading my Bible, then all of a sudden, like the, the music's gonna come on and I'm just gonna have a skip in my step and everything's gonna go amazing and I'm gonna get that job and I'm gonna get that husband or wife and I'm gonna get everything that's gonna be rainbows and butterflies and I'm gonna just be known for being perfect. God, I love Love you. Being a Christian is easy. It's the wrong idea. And God isn't saying, I want your whole life to be full of toil and evil. That's not my message today. But I think sometimes we make excuses because we had false expectations of what we were getting ourselves into. You get in a relationship and you're like, I'm going to be the happiest I've ever been. But the reality is you don't get into relationships to be happy. You get into relationships to serve. And some of you are looking for a wife or you're looking for a husband or you're maybe coming out of a relationship and you're saying, God, well, that wasn't the one, I wasn't happy. Or now that I don't have this relationship, I'm so unhappy. And God says, wait, is that what you thought a relationship was about? Because what 
I read about relationships is that God says a relationship is to serve. A relationship is to be an example for many. Yeah, there's gonna be amazing times in relationship, but you don't say in the wedding vows, I'm gonna be with you as long as I'm happy. You say, I'm gonna be with you in sickness and health, health and good time and bad when it's tough, when our finances are low, when great things are happening and I get the promotion or when I get fired. I'm gonna be with you always. We don't say that because we think it's gonna be easy. We say that because we know it's gonna be hard, but we're gonna push through. So why sometimes as believers do we walk into this faith journey and say, God, why is it difficult? God, why is this getting hard? Because God says, when you say yes to me, you're saying yes to the freedom and redemption and healing that I'm giving you. But with that, you're taking on a mantle of responsibility to say, I'm gonna be a believer who's in my workplace. I'm gonna be somebody in my school who doesn't do the things that they do, who doesn't watch the things that they watch, who doesn't say the things that they say. God, because this isn't easy, but it isn't easy to be great. It isn't easy to serve you because there's so many people doing all these crazy things. But God, I wanna be the type of person that you've created me to be. And that's who God is asking us to be. And, you know, in, in that verse, it talks about how they're strangers, but then it's crazy because, you know, we complain all the time, but then it says they didn't even see the promises that God was showing them. And so if you know the story of Abraham, he talks about the promised land and you're gonna have descendants. Well, he dies before they even get there. And then all of a sudden there's descendants and descendants and Moses is like, I'm leading people. He leads them through the Red Sea, the waters part. He doesn't get to see the promised land. And as these people were living by faith, even though they knew that they might not even see it. I know sometimes we're like, well, I worked for like six hours on that thing. Like, shouldn't I get an award? Like, shouldn't they give me like, I came to 20 plus at like four o'clock. Like, I mean, I know I didn't work today, but like, shouldn't you give me something? Or like, man, I didn't win those free flights. I'm never coming back. Never coming back because I thought God told me I was winning the flights. That's why I came. We feel like we need something. We feel like we deserve something. Yet these people, the patriarchs of our faith, the people who God says, I am not ashamed to be their God. What he's saying is I'm so thrilled and so pleased with what they've done with their life and the example that they've set for people for thousands of years. Why? Because they walked by they didn't walk by what they could see. They didn't walk by their circumstances. They walked by faith. And one of the things it says is they didn't think about where they had left. Because if you're going a direction, how many of you know it's pretty difficult to drive forward if you're looking backwards? It's pretty difficult to ride backwards if you're looking forwards. It's pretty difficult to go a direction that you're not actually looking at. I think oftentimes as Christians and especially as young Christians, we can be like, God, um, I really want all the things you have for me. So I'm just going to be like, what do you got for me? That's a great song. I love that scripture verse. But, 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 God, but God, my friends, my friends over here, they're not Christians. And so like, I, I can't really like look at you now because like we're going out right now. And like, they don't really want the preach talk again. Like I'm the designated driver. So, you know, it's like, I know I'm being that example for them, but you know, what's, what's the big deal if, if one day I'm not, you know, what's the big deal if I'm just with them and maybe I do something that I 
didn't want to do or God, I know like I'm, I'm dating her or I'm dating him because I want to bring them closer to you. Heard that one before? Yikes. If you're in that, we'll pray for you after. Like missionary dating is what they call it. Like I'm dating them. I'm their missionary. Like God's like, you can't go a certain direction if you're facing the other way. And so what he's saying in this verse is he's saying, these amazing men and women of faith, what they were able to do was because they were not focused on what was behind them. They weren't focused on the country that they left. Even though they maybe didn't speak the right language, even though they maybe didn't have a place to lay their head, even though they knew how much they were giving up, they started focusing on what was ahead. I think maybe there's somebody in this room Maybe all you're doing in your whole life is you're just walking in reverse and you hit something and you're like, hit something, boom. And you're wondering why. And you're focused on the past hurt that's been given to you or you're focused on the mistakes that you've made or you're focused on the things that people have said about you or you're focused on the failures that you had. And God says, that stuff's all behind you. Somebody here needs to hear that, that all of your mistakes, all your sins, all your failures behind you. And the reason why you keep going back in that direction is because that's where your focus is. You keep going back to that same sin that you've been doing. You keep looking at pornography over again. You keep thinking about insecurity that that's, my body isn't good enough. Or you're thinking about, I failed because I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I got fired from the job. I can't, I can't keep a relationship. And God says, that stuff's all behind you. But all of a sudden, when you keep paying attention, you just keep going and going and going in the same direction. God says, you can never move forward if you don't first give up the country that you're leaving and accept where you're going. And some of you don't believe that there's a better place to go. You say, this is all I know. This is what my parents did. This is what my family's done. I don't even know what direction I can walk to because I just, this is the only thing I see. When I turn around, I see nothing. And that's the clouds and that's the distractions and that's the noise that's in the way. But I believe if you clear out those distractions, if you clear out the noise, God's gonna speak to you and all of a sudden you're gonna see him for who he really is and you're gonna hear God like you've never heard him before. But maybe tonight, maybe somebody needs to push away the distractions, push away their past, push away the hurts. It doesn't mean what happened to you wasn't real. It doesn't mean what happened to you wasn't terrible and horrible. And obviously people are, are broken and they're hurt and broken people do terrible things to other people but restored people and transformed people help transform other people. And so I'm believing that we would be a ministry. We would be young people that would go out and we'd say, hey, I'm not perfect, but I've been transformed. And I'm gonna try to keep my eyes on God as much as I can. And in that process, I'm gonna sweep as many people along with me. And as I follow after the call for him, as I follow after what God has for me, I'm gonna bring these people along, not be pulled down by them, but pull them up and call them up to the person that God's created them to be. And in Exodus 16, three, it says, uh, the Israelites, this is right after they crossed over the Red Sea. It says, um, the Israelites said to them, if only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you've brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. They're saying, back when we were slaves, at least we had food to eat. And you let us out here into the desert and we don't even have anything to eat. Moses, what's the deal? How crazy that because of a moment of pain or a moment of hurt or a moment of hunger, all of a sudden we wanna go back to the chains. 
We don't want to go back to the things that held us back. God, all of a sudden I took a step of faith for you and I'm believing. I'm going to, I'm going to invite my friend to the next event or I'm going to start reading my Bible. And all of a sudden it feels a little bit hard because you have to get up a little bit earlier. You have to stay up a little bit later or you have to talk to somebody, human being face to face. It's a crazy idea. You can say, hey friend, uh, great to see you. I'd love for you to come to this thing with me because it's the most important thing in my life. If somebody said to you, hey, I have a, this great, great guy and he's so good. And you know how your, your girl, they like see a guy, they're like, they're like watchdogs. Like there's corporate headhunters for jobs. And then there's like girlfriends of girls and they're just like looking around, like I'm find you a husband. I'm gonna find you a husband. <laughs> if all of a sudden your girl came up to you and it's your best, best friend and she comes up to you and she's like, okay, I saw this guy. He's like super handsome. He loves God. He's like the nicest, most kind person in the entire world. You know, his favorite food is sushi. And I know you love sushi. He's like, you can down some sushi. You better hold off on the sushi. But, <laughs> but he loves sushi. And he, I saw him worshiping at 20 plus and he's just so good. And he's single and he's so awesome. You'd be like, okay, tell me more. What's his Instagram? And she's like, that's all I got for you. Sorry. That's it. I'm, Anyways, where are we going to eat? Like, no, 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 hold up. What about that guy? Like that guy, that great guy, that awesome person. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's just, it's whatever. It's all good. But we're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to put that Bible verse in my Instagram bio. Because then when somebody asks me about my church, I'm going to say, oh yeah, I, I, only, I only go every once in a while. Or, or, yeah, God, I'm praying and believing for that breakthrough. And then all of a sudden I hear about somebody who just lost somebody. And I'm like, man, that's really tough. Good luck with that. And there's moments that we walk through. There's moments every single day. Sorry if I spit on the front row. But if there's moments that we walk through that God's just putting people in our life and he's saying, wow, that's an opportunity. And you're there like praying. You're like, oh God, like I just want to be used for you. And God's like, well, what about your cousin that you know is going through a tough time with drugs? Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, he doesn't really talk to me anymore. Or what about that classmate who sits next to you that, that you never talk to because you think he's a little weird, but he doesn't really have any friends? What about that person at your job that you know gets wasted every single weekend because they have nothing going for them and they've been going through hurt and they've been going through pain? God says, I've given you opportunities. It's not a moment of condemnation, but it's a moment of acceptance to say, you know what? I want to stop looking at those things. I want to start looking at the things that God has for me. I want to start taking on the faith responsibility that God has given me. And I want to be the type of person that Hebrews 11 is talking about. And what that person is, is um, somebody who's thinking of a country that is not their own. Somebody who's thinking of a place that is not their own. And I think sometimes we're, we're tired. You know, we're, we're really tired and focus on our past. And, you know, sometimes we can get so focused on our past that we can't see our future. And so then we just get tired. We're like, God, I'm tired. I just got to rest. I just got to chill. I can't be used for you. And we sometimes read this verse and it's one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 23. And we read, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet, quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. You're like, wow, that is so good. And I love that part because when I need refreshing, when I need quiet, when I need stillness, I come to him. But then what does the next verse say? It says, he guides me, meaning you get up from resting and you start going again. 
Once you sit down and take a drink of water, you keep going up the mountain. Once you get refreshed and recharged, you start moving again. And then what happens when he guides you, God guiding me, wait a minute, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. He's guiding me along the, along the right path for his namesake. But then even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. But God, you're leading me. Why would you lead me into the dark valley? I thought Pastor Logan said I was supposed to follow the call of God in my life and now you're leading me into a dark valley right after I was tired and needed rest? <sighs> no wonder depression and anxiety is so prevalent. No wonder that we're so afraid. But that's why a lot of us just get in our shells and we say, I'm just gonna sit by the quiet waters. I'm just gonna sit in the green pastures because God, I love that part. And God says, it's great to love that part. But the same way that I'm with you in the green pastures and the quiet waters is the same way that I'm with you in the darkest valley. Because great things don't get accomplished by the quiet waters, sorry to say. We get filled up to go out and do. We get recharged to go out and do. We get replenished to go out and do. I'm not saying don't rest. We need to rest. But we shouldn't rest for a point to say, oh, wow, finally I get to rest and just slow it down for a year. <laughs> slow it down for a while. God says, I want you to rest, but I want you to get back up. I want you to rest and I want you to go. I want you to rest and I want you to run faster because after all, if we aren't getting stronger, then we're just gonna stay in the same spot. If we're lifting the same weights, if we're running the same distances and the same speeds over and over and over again, God's gonna say, that's great, but I've called you to better things. I've called you to, to go more. I've called you to speak differently. I've called you to be better because I know you have dreams and I know you have plans, but the plans that I have for you are greater. And so you're not gonna be able to get there if you're just sitting and waiting. Verse 16 says, instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. We've got to wake up. We've got to take the mantle. We've got to take the call that God has given to us, the plans that he has for you, the purpose that he has for you, the situation that you feel like you couldn't overcome because it's too hard and it's too tall or it's too great. God says, I want to punch through that tonight. I want to push that wall down tonight because you can't, you can't get to where you want to go if you're bound by sin, if you're bound by shame, if you're bound by hurt. God says, I see a future for you. I see a plan for you. I see a vision for you. 20 plus isn't going to get to the place that we want to see it. I believe we could have a hundred groups all across the Twin Cities. Right now we have about 30 I believe that we could see thousands of people that are saying yes to Jesus every single year. We've seen hundreds. We're praying for thousands. I'm believing that this church would continue to have people who are stepping up to serve, would continue to have people on college campuses that are saying, I know that the college life, the four years, all that stuff, that's not gonna be me because I'm gonna step up and I'm gonna live different. I'm believing that we're gonna have workplaces that are changed by young people. And it's gonna be the people who maybe are known to, oh, we're, we don't work hard, we don't work the best. You know, we're gonna come in, we're gonna say, hey, I'm different. I'm, I'm a person who works hard. I'm a person who has a plan and a calling. I know I got stuff going on in my life, but God has a greater purpose for me. I'm gonna be the best employee. I'm gonna be the best nanny. I'm gonna be the best person to, that's gonna take care of anything in your life. I wanna help you out. I wanna pray for you. 
That's the type of people that we are. And these are the type of people that we read about in Hebrews. Because God has a greater vision for you than you have a vision for yourself. And we have to take it. We have to stop maybe sleeping. Some of us, are, we're, we're so used to sleeping that we're not sure what it's like to be awake. We're so used to feeling numb that when we're touched, we don't even know what it feels like to be touched anymore because we're just so numb. And God says, it's time to come to me. Maybe today is your quiet waters moment. Maybe today is your green pastures moment, but I'm telling you that there is a place that God is sending you after tonight. There's a place that God is sending you after 2020. There's a place that God's sending you. He wants you to be an amazing entrepreneur. He wants you to be an amazing mom. He wants you to be an amazing dad. He wants you to be an amazing person that's breaking barriers, that's doing things that's never been done before. Maybe no one in your family's gone to college. Maybe no one in your family has not been on drugs or not been addicted to alcohol. Maybe there's been no one in your family who's held a relationship for longer than a few years. God says, no, that's the plan that I have for you. That's the person that I've called you to be. Stop looking behind you. Start looking ahead of you because there's a better country for you. And last night as I was praying about this message and there's times where you just are in the presence of God. I believe in worship before this, we were there. I believe in worship after this, we're gonna be there. But there's times where you just can't help but hear from God clearer than before. And I believe God told me this and honestly, I think he was talking to me. And maybe there's somebody else in this room. Maybe he's talking to you too. But he said, Logan, you know how to worship, but you don't know how to pray. I said, God, what do you mean? And he said, you say you want revival, but you don't pray like it. You say you wanna see people saved and your, your friends and your family, but you don't invite like it. You say you wanna be better, but you don't do anything about it. And God says, it's over. That's not who you are. I love that you worship. I want you to talk to me. I want you to pray for others. I want you to pray for your future. I want you to pray for revival. I love that you have a passion for your friends, but I want you to talk to them. I want you to pray with them. I want you to believe with them that even though they may not be in the situation that you are, you can help them get there because after all, somebody helped you there. God, I don't wanna be that person anymore. I wanna, I wanna fix my eyes on a better country. Our country right now is in turmoil. Our country right now is in division. There's wars going on. There's pain going on. There's epidemics going on. And God says, there's a heavenly city for you. There's a better country for you. There's a better place. And that place, you may never experience the promise here on earth. Just like the people we read about. But with faith, I'll be pleased with you. With faith, I'll be proud of you. With faith, all things are possible. 
I ask that we just bow our heads in this moment. You know what? No. Keep your heads up. If it's over for you, I want you to stand. If it's over for you, you say, hey, I'm done living that way. I'm done looking for that. This isn't a salvation call. This is, hey, that, that, that discipline that, that I'm, I'm not doing, good on, it's over. I'm gonna live different. I'm gonna look at a better country. I want you to stand. If you say, that temptation in my life, it's over. I want you to stand up. If you say that, that failure in my life, it's over. I want you to stand. If you say, you know what? I've been afraid for a long time, but you know what? I'm not gonna be afraid anymore because God has a plan and a purpose for me. I want you to stand. And if none of those things got you to stand, I want you to stand. Because it's over for you. Looking at your past, looking behind you, it's over for you. Your pain, your hurt, your sin is washed white as snow, it's clean. God says, I have plans, I have purpose, I have futures, I have callings. Maybe you've been trying so hard to get married and God says, maybe you should stop trying for a second and start focusing on a relationship with me. Because if you want a relationship forever here on earth, first you have to have a relationship with me. I'm believing there's gonna be freedom in this place. I'm believing that there's gonna be people that are gonna experience something that they haven't experienced before, a presence that they've never experienced before. We're not gonna leave without waiting first, but then we're gonna go. This will be our recharge moment. This will be our moment that's in the quiet waters. But after this, we're gonna say, God, I'm accepting your call. You're gonna guide me. You're gonna lead me. You have a plan for me. I know that friend that I'm gonna invite next time. I know that person who I need to text because I know they're going through a tough time. Hey, maybe it's me that's going through a tough time. I'm gonna start opening my Bible. I'm gonna start reading it. I'm gonna start praying. I'm gonna start experiencing your love for me because after all, God, that's who you've created me to be by faith. By faith. And I'm gonna believe that I'm believing there's many stories and the definition of faith that God gives in the first part of Hebrews 11, it says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Maybe right now you don't see it. Maybe right now when I told you to stand, you're like, I don't really wanna stand because I don't really see it. That's where faith comes in. And when God says by faith, they did it. They weren't able to see everything. They weren't able to see all the things. They knew it was gonna be hard. They knew it was gonna be difficult, but they say, I know there's a better country for me. I know that there's a plan, there's a purpose, there's a people that needs to know. Maybe there's people in this room and you know you're called to be a missionary and you've been, you've been waiting and waiting and waiting and you've been afraid. This is your moment to say, yes, God, I'm gonna accept that call. Or you've been called to be a teacher and you say, well, I don't know what the salaries are like starting and I have debt and I have all this stuff. He says, you're gonna be the best teacher ever. Or maybe you say, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life, God, I, I'm not really sure. He says, how about you just turn from looking at those things and start looking at me and not worry about 10 years and start worrying about 10 seconds. God's got a plan, God has got a purpose for every single one of you in this room. And we're gonna sing this in a moment, but I'm believing that miracles are gonna happen in this place. And I feel like sometimes we say that, we're like miracles are gonna happen. We don't see a miracle by standing here and saying, that'd be really cool if that happened. What healed the leper? Faith. 
It was faith that healed the leopards and it's faith that's gonna heal your circumstance and situation. It's faith that's gonna heal your anxiety. It's faith that's gonna heal your depression. It's faith that's gonna heal that relationship. It's faith that's gonna heal that physical thing that's been holding you back. That's the God we serve. It's a God of faith, a God of miracles, a God who wants to see the supernatural thing happen. But he says, you can't get there if you're focused on the wrong things. You have to start focusing on me. You have to see me, even though the path in front of you may not be easy, even though the path in front of you may not be straight. You have to walk because I'm right there behind, beside you. I'm right there behind you. I'm right there next to you because it may feel like you're in a dark valley. It may feel like you're in a difficult place, but God says, I'm right here with you. So we're gonna sing this again. And I want us to sing it like we believe it. They wrote this song just for tonight. And man, isn't it an incredible song? So good, so good. Yeah, you can clap for the people who wrote it, so good. But I, when, I, when we sing this, I want us to listen to the words and I want us to believe it for ourselves. Say, God, by faith, that's what I wanna be. I wanna be by faith. Just like the people here, by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so he did not experience death. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive his inheritance, he obeyed even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, people, people passed through the Red Sea. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed. By faith. By faith, Ashley went and did it when nobody else thought she could. By faith, Jacob went and he made it happen even when his parents didn't believe in him. By faith, Tammy knew that she didn't have to have an abortion like her friends did. By faith, God's believing that you have a better story, that there's a better plan, that there's a better future, that there is a better country for you. And so I want us to worship, I want us to sing, and I want us to believe that there's a better place for us. Come on, let's sing this with everything we got. There's a better place.
We're gonna keep worshiping in a moment. And after this prayer, we're gonna have people that are coming down and they'd love to pray with you over anything. We call them our prayer teams, but they're life group leaders or they're people who've been trained in to pray with people and they care for people. But before we do that, I don't wanna miss a moment. Maybe there's somebody that walked in and maybe you've never experienced faith before. Or maybe you didn't really know Jesus when you walked in. Or maybe you knew him before or you haven't known him for a while. Or you have an opportunity for someone to say yes to him and turn your life towards the things of God. And so as we remain standing, if you just want to bow your heads and close your eyes, the reason we do this is so that it's not about your friend next to you. It's not about the person behind you or the person in front of you. It's about a moment between you and Jesus. Say, God, I I maybe have fallen short. I maybe haven't lived up to the expectations that I know you have for me. I maybe haven't been obedient in the things that I know I should have, or maybe I'm just learning about this for the first time. But God, I really wanna have a relationship with you where you walk by me, beside me in the darkest times, or you walk with me in the greatest times. And so all across this place, from the farthest right side to the farthest left side, if you're in this place right now and you say, I wanna receive Jesus, maybe for the very first time or maybe again, I just want you to put a hand up. Nobody's looking around, but say, I need Jesus. I'm not gonna count to three. I just want you to do it right now. If you say, that's me, I'm saying yes to him. Yes, 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 yes. By faith, you raised your hand tonight. Amazing, I'm just gonna give one more opportunity If you wanna lift it up and you say, hey, I was holding back, but I'm gonna step out in faith. I'm gonna lift it up. There's been hands going up all over this room, but if you say, I need need this moment, I gotta do it. Would you just lift it up right now? Yeah, yes, yes. Incredible. You can put your hands down and I'm gonna pray a prayer and it's just a simple prayer, but it's a prayer where we accept Jesus into our heart. And what we're doing is we're confessing with our mouth. Romans 10, 9, it says, if you believe in your mouth or you, you believe in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, then you'll be saved. And it's not about just one moment, but this is the catalyst for your future. This is a catalyst for who God's created you to be. So I'm gonna ask that all the people who raised their hand, you'd repeat this after me, but I want the whole room to join in, in this prayer. Repeat after me, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for looking the wrong way. Lord, I wanna change. I wanna look to you. I wanna receive your gift, the free gift of salvation. Lord, I accept your grace and I accept your calling to serve you with a purpose. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, can we celebrate that? All the people, there were hands all over this place. That's what it's about. It's about Jesus. And if you raise your hand, we have this book for you and it says, now what? And we give it out on the weekends, but we give it out here too. And it says, now what do I do? Maybe you've been in church for a while and you feel embarrassed to come grab it. I'd say, don't. I'd say, step out in faith and say, hey, I'm not perfect. None of us are. Get this book. It says, now what do I do? Start reading scripture. There's a Bible in here too. Or if you say, hey, it's easier for me to just text, you can text now what to 41411. You can get all the same resources as well. And you can text that right now, or you can text it later. And on your way out, you can get one of these. We're not done yet, but the prayer teams will have that. And the prayer teams are gonna come down right now. And we still have a little bit of time left. 
15 minutes or so maybe of worship. I just wanna say if maybe there's something that you're believing in faith for, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's financial issues, maybe it's something you've been struggling with, whatever it is, they would love to pray for you. And also if you're not in a life group, they'd love to get you in one after so you can surround yourself with community but they'd love to pray and they're gonna be down here for the next 10, 15 minutes or so as we continue to worship. But what I don't want is I don't want us to sit here and say, oh, wow, that was a great, really cool night, really cool message, really cool song that they wrote. That was cool, wish, that, wish I could do that. Every single one of us in this room has an opportunity and has a plan, a purpose in front of them. And even if you don't feel like it, maybe that's your prayer. Maybe you come up here and say, hey, I don't feel like it. Could you pray that maybe I could start feeling like it? Could you pray that my faith would rise? Could you pray for this healing? Could you pray for this issue? Could you pray for this? Because God, there's nothing else that I want except for a touch from you. So we're gonna go back into this. We're gonna get back up there again. If you're saying, oh, I, worship's gotta be louder for me to pray with somebody. All right, we'll get louder. But I want you to leave in this place without following that obedience to say, hey, I need prayer. I wanna come up and if not, continue to worship. We got a great after party after this. I'll talk more about that in a second, but let's not miss this moment. Let's not look too far ahead and, and miss what's right in front of us, but we're focused on a better place and a better country. So Jesus, we pray right now for every single person in this place, for every single calling in this place, that there would be victory in Jesus' name. Lord, that as we pray right now, God, that we would pray like we believe there's a revival coming. God, we wouldn't just say we want a healing, God, we'd pray like we want it. We wouldn't just say we want to see our friends saved, God, we'd pray like we want to see them saved. We wouldn't pray that, or we wouldn't say we want addiction to be taken care of, God, we'd pray like we want addiction to be gone in Jesus' name, God. We're not saying chains are gonna be broken, God. We're praying that chains will be broken. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Come on, let's worship.